Hi everyone, I'm Damon Klotz, and welcome to the Culture First podcast. Before we start the episode, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by CultureAmp. CultureAmp helps companies to create a better world of work. Using people science and technology, we give companies the tools and support to create high-performing cultures and ultimately deliver on more humanity at work. You can learn more about CultureAmp as well as find all of the episodes from this show at culturefirstpodcast.com. All right, let's get started. So what does it feel like to work here? And particularly, is anything holding you back? Like if you could be unbelievably productive and satisfied and love your work, what would that look like? And why aren't you having that right now? Culture first. 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 I'm Damon Klotz, and this is Culture First. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Culture First podcast. I'm your host, Damon Klotz. Over the past couple of months, I've been working hard with my colleagues at CultureAmp to get ready to host three unique experiences for our community. Now, community is at the heart of everything we do at CultureAmp. And one thing that has been consistent with my time at CultureAmp is the desire to challenge ourselves with big, audacious goals. I'll give you an example in the form of a story. In 2015, I created an event series called The People Geek Up. Now, I wanted to design the sort of events and experiences that I wished existed when I was a HR practitioner. Fast forward a few months, and by this stage, we'd run about six of these events in places like San Francisco, New York, and Melbourne, and the early signs suggested that they were a success for both the community and for CultureAmp. That's when CultureAmp CEO Didier Elzinga told me that he thinks we can go bigger in 2016, and that the goal now was to run 100 people geek ups around the world. That year, which we affectionately call the Year of the People Geek Up, created an incredible foundation for both the community and culture amp. These foundations allowed us to turn what started as a series of meetups into our global event series, which we called Culture First. Obviously, 2020 meant that we had to put our plans for an event on hold. And trust me, we had a really big, amazing event planned. But here we are in 2021, And Culture First is back. It's virtual and it's happening three times over three months and in three different time zones. Like I said, we'd like a challenge. So I shared the origin story of creating the People Geek Up because at the heart of the story was my desire to connect with inspiring practitioners and companies who wanted to create a better world of work. That desire to learn and connect practitioners and companies is as strong as ever. Over the past few months, I've been working on building out each of the sessions that you'll get to hear if you attend our Culture First events. Now, driving the storytelling for these events has allowed me a pretty rare chance to go behind the scenes at organisations like Airbnb, Sprinkler, Kickstarter, Nasdaq and Major League Baseball. In this episode of the Culture First podcast, I'm extending that invite to you, the listeners, as you get to go behind the scenes with me to learn more from these companies. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Richard Taylor, who's the VP of Employee Experience at NASDAQ. 
Rich and I sat down to discuss the culture and value transformation that he's been driving at NASDAQ, as well as the feedback strategies that he implemented, and the advice that he has for anyone who's about to embark on a similar journey. I loved getting to know more about NASDAQ because there's so much more to this organisation than I initially thought. It is a unique company that's relied upon globally and is much bigger than the stock exchange that bears the same name. All right, it's time to head over to my conversation with Rich Taylor. All right, well, today I'm joined in conversation by Rich Taylor of NASDAQ, and we're going to be running through a bit of a preview of what Rich is going to be sharing at Culture First Global this year. So, Rich, thanks so much for joining me on the Culture First podcast. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Now, one of the questions that I ask all of our guests at the start, just to be able to move beyond our labels and move beyond any information that people can find about us online, is how do you describe what you do for work to a 10-year-old who asks you, excuse me, Rich, what do you do for work? What a great question. I tell people who are not savvy HR consumers that my job is to make sure work is interesting and fun and that people have a chance to do their best. 10-year-olds are always uh, one of my favorite age groups because they're like savvy enough to kind of like maybe like learn and ask a little bit more, but also they're like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And hopefully one day I can get to a a world of work where that's all true. So here's hoping that we're creating future workplaces that these 10-year-olds want to work in. You know, I've known you for a little bit now. We've had a few conversations about your work, but right now, you know, you're at NASDAQ. A lot of people probably think they know what NASDAQ is or or have a conception of what NASDAQ is, but I think we should do some myth busting. What actually is NASDAQ? We are a platform, a tech platform that powers multiple, multiple world economies. We work in over 130 countries to help their economies work. And your role, how long have you been there? And uh, what was the thing that I guess really attracted you to join NASDAQ? So I've been at NASDAQ coming up on three years now. My role is the employee experience. I'm part of the people team, the HR team at NASDAQ. And what drew me here was I could see in the interview process up to and including my CEO that we were in the middle of a cultural transformation, driving both how people work at NASDAQ, but importantly, how we think about our our customers, the products we're building, the technology I wanted to be part of that transformation, and I knew it was going to be difficult. This isn't going to be a a six-month project. This is going to be a long-term journey, and I was down for that. I think one of the things that excites me about uh, you you sharing your story at Culture First this year is I think a lot of people talk about cultural transformation as something that might happen at a certain uh, growth journey of a company where the you know the values, the behaviors, or the mission doesn't serve them about where they want to go moving forward. But I think what's interesting for NASDAQ is that you know you've been around for for decades. You have thousands of employees. You have fifty offices in thirty countries, and it's you know such a critical piece of infrastructure in the in the fintech industry. So like this is not a insignificant cultural transformation that you're going on. So. When you think about that transformation, what are some of the questions that you had about the company culture and how you were trying to change it? I was really curious where NASDAQ had been. I was curious where we wanted to go, where we are in that journey. Are we halfway? Are we only a third of the way? Are we mostly there? And I wanted to hear from employees, what does it feel like? Because many employees joined the company under the previous leadership and some some employees have joined under our, our current CEO. So what does it feel like to work here? And particularly, is anything holding you back? Like if you could be unbelievably productive, 
and satisfied and love your work, what would that look like? And why aren't you having that right now? I love that question because it's actually, I'm going to, I'm going to reveal a little bit of the science behind this podcast. One of the things that I like to always ask guests is like, you know, what would make this a like wildly successful interview for you? Like what, like what needs to be true for this to be the best platform for you to be able to share your story and your experience? Because the reason I ask that question is that like, I don't want to assume that people are speaking to me for a given reason or that they always want to talk about a certain part of their role or a certain book that they've written. So I think, you know, asking those questions and deeply listening to whether it's someone that I'm interviewing or your employees is, is so critical. And when you get, when you ask those questions, what you also get is, is feedback. So what is some of the feedback that you got when you started asking these questions about, you know, what that transformative experience could be for employees at NASDAQ? We heard, surprisingly for me, not only HR stuff like, I wish I made more money or I want more recognition. That's probably, you know, possible that we could address that. But we heard from employees, they wanted to do more. They wanted to serve clients better. They wanted to move faster. They wanted to collaborate. And certain aspects of the company made that difficult. And so my role became less around typical HR things like career management or talent management, more around how do I remove some of the obstacles from what's holding employees back from maximum productivity, which isn't just an HR thing. I, I needed to collaborate with people all around the company, but I would bring them the employee voice. This is what people said in Stockholm. This is what they said in Bangalore. And then roll that up in a way that's easily digestible and we could take action on that. You've given me a uh, beautiful layup there for my next question, which is, I think you know is the thing that is at the heart of CultureAmp, which is this idea of actually taking action. And, you know, one of the things that I think we hear a lot of, you know, from from customers or, or prospective customers is like, I'm really worried I'm going to over-survey my employees. I'm really worried that we're going to ask them too many questions and that, you know, they're going to get fatigued from giving feedback. And, you know, what we share with them, back to them is that, you know, employees typically don't suffer from survey fatigue. They suffer from a lack of action fatigue. There's nothing, nothing more painful than someone, you know, waking up, each day and saying, you know, like, do you have any feedback on this process? And you give them feedback. And then the next day they go, do you have any feedback on this process? And like nothing changes. So like, I think what employees want to see is actions and and changes. So after you kind of went through that process of actually saying, here's the questions that we've got about the culture and, you know, what we want it to be, here's the feedback that we've got about employees and whether they resonate with the journey, you know, what are some of the actions that stood out to you in terms of being able to create the transformative culture and experience that you want for employees? Right. I'll talk about that. And it takes a while. Employees have to see a track record. It's not like you had one good day and everybody is sold, right? So we, we, we circle back to our employees after every survey we run really quickly. So we closed our most recent survey 10 days ago. I joined my CEO at the company All Hands yesterday. So what is that gap? Eight or nine days to say, hey, employees, here's what you said. Here's what we heard. One of the items had a lower score. And right after my speaking slot was the leader in the company who owns that piece. And she joined and said, I saw the lower score. Let me share with you our plan. Thank you for that feedback. So employees see not only we heard them, but they're seeing very, very swift action. The leader who owns that piece is now speaking to you, or this is our roadmap. And not only that, we show employees after each one of these pulses that we run, this is how it compared to last time. And now that at NASDAQ, we've done six of them, I shared with employees, here's what you said two years ago. Here's the trend line over the last two years. And they can see what's up or down. One of the key things was career development. And we've heard this consistently. So we've been doing a lot of work around 
How do we set people up with really tailored development experiences for themselves, not just training on the job, real mentoring. We have a whole new mentor matching program. And next quarter, we're rolling out a talent marketplace where you can put in your own skills and be matched with opportunities, short-term opportunities or, or actual job hops that most match the skills you want to develop. And we circled back and told employees, this is the three-quarter roadmap based on the feedback you gave us. That's just one example, but you really train employees in that you speak, we hear you, and we actually do things. Let me show you that again and again and again. They come to trust you. I think what stands out for me uh, when you when you share that and something that I think a lot of other leaders here who are either responsible you know, for their employee feedback strategy or find themselves in one of those positions where they're trying to communicate some of these results and the actions that they took is that like you didn't say that that leader got up there and said, you know, this is on me, I'm the one in trouble, like, you know, this is going to reflect poorly on me. It's like, hey, like, no, like this has come up, the score is lower than we would like. Here's the person, you know, who is going to like be accountable for this and here's the actions that they're willing to take. It goes from saying like a bunch of employees gave feedback and then, you know, not hearing anything back or waiting and saying, actually, no, my voices were heard. It was addressed. I know who to turn to for that. And like, here's the action plan that actually allows employees to be built into the process and actually say, I know who to speak to. I've got ideas about this. And it means that it doesn't sit on one person's shoulders to try to fix this. It actually allows your employees to go on the journey with you, which I think is, you know, what can lead to a transformative culture. Agreed. And we've also had to share with employees, we can't wave a magic wand and fix everything overnight. So there is a roadmap and we're going to take you on the journey with us and we're going to show you how it's going. But some things need investment, they need patience. Without giving too much away from your presentation of Culture First this year, which I, you know, um, I, I highly encourage everyone to attend that session, I think one of the things that everyone needs to be focusing on when they go on any kind of change process is the communication side of it and how to make sure that employees actually hear that. And I know one of the things that we've spoken about in the past is that like how the leaders who are communicating this need to get so sick of their message only for it then to land with the employees. So without giving away the whole secret about that communication strategy, just like what are some of the ways that you uh, encourage other people to think about communicating that plan, that vision and the actions that you're planning on taking? Sure. I think it's really important you use every single resource you can get your hands on. So we used our top executives, not used, but we gave them scripts and we said, at your next team meeting, your next town hall, please use this. We prepared a walk around PowerPoint deck for all 897 managers. Your next team meeting, walk them through this. We actually work with our IT department to take over part of the laptop. So when your laptop goes into like a, lock, a screen lock, we got an image on the on the screen where you can see our values and the culture we're trying to promote every single time you log into your computer. So we used every kind of visual, auditory. We didn't even get to olfactory, but we tried to find every possible way to engage people, and we had to do it multiple, multiple, multiple times. And I won't give away one of the one of the punchlines of my whole presentation, but you really have to engage the employee in a personal way, or it sounds like corporate speak. But it has to talk about what, what about me. And then when we think about, you know, listening to our employees, growing them, developing them, as well as being able to actually, you know, transform the culture, the values and the behaviors into something that we believe is going to get the organizations that we work for, you know, to that next stage of growth that we want, you know, obviously we have to then measure how that went. So is there, is there one measurement point or index from this work that you've gone on that you would like to share with the audience in terms of like, did this actually work? 
I would say the biggest mover we've had in terms of individual items on our Pulse survey is learning and development. It's up 19 points in two years. So that was a big win. We also look at larger buckets like the questions put together around leadership. We have a leadership index with a manager index, and we can look at each individual item. But we've seen double-digit growth in most of the things we're measuring. Well, I know learning and development is a top driver of engagement for uh, many culture and customers, as well as something that I know leaders around the world are focusing on to make sure that their you know employees and their teams have the skills that they need to be able to not only kind of, you know, work through these times, but also find ways to thrive again and find ways to actually do really meaningful work. So I know if anyone's out there who's, you know, thinking about cultural transformation, turning values into behaviors or learning and development, there's plenty of things to learn from, you know, yourself and the team at NASDAQ. So maybe to kind of just wrap up this little preview episode, um, you know, why are you personally excited to share this story at Culture First this year? For me, it's a journey still in progress, but it's also a success story. We really focused on this. We were strategic. We connected the dots between what employees told us they wanted from the company and what the company needed from employees. And we really found a happy marriage. Both parts have to be happy. What does the company need? What does the employee need? Can you cross that bridge together? And I think we did. Not that we're done. We have a lot of work to do, but I think it's a success story. And we can share some of the techniques we use that may be useful to other other listeners. Awesome. Well, this is a sneak peek into what uh, Rich Taylor from NASDAQ is going to be sharing at Culture First this year. So if you want to hear more about this story, as well as find out some of the other results, as well as the advice he has for anyone else who wants to go on this cultural transformation journey, uh, then make sure you head over to culturefirstglobal.culturamp.com and you can register to get your free ticket. So Rich, thanks so much for sharing the story and I look forward to watching the full presentation. Thank you. A big thank you to Richard Taylor from NASDAQ for joining me on the Culture First podcast. This has just been a small teaser of the story that Richard will share with everyone at Culture First Global. Now, if you want to hear the whole thing right now, what you have to do is head to culturefirstglobal.cultureamp.com and that's where you're going to get your free ticket. But... Tickets are limited and they're selling out fast. So make sure you head there so you can see the full session because Rich shares some of the secrets around how they've got double digit increases in some of their culture amp scores with their work around cultural transformation and driving values that are actually behaviors inside of the company. Now, if you learn something new and interesting in this episode, then we would love for you to share it. You can share your takeaway in the form of a review wherever you're listening. You can share this episode on social media or just pass it along to a leader or a colleague who you think would enjoy it. Now, if you do share on social media, please tag me at Damon Klotz, as well as CultureAmp at CultureAmp, and you can use the hashtag CultureFirst21 to see all of the conversations taking part in this global event series. This has been another episode of the Culture First podcast, and I've been your host, Damon Klotz. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing, as well as playing your part in creating a better world of work. 